Good evening, everybody, and welcome into this edition of uh, Taking Heat. I believe this might be episode 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, double digits as we bring in the new week. We've been a little bit of a hiatus, had some responsibilities and things like that that prevented us from recording, but we're back, and we wanted to go ahead and kick this one off. Uh, our, our, if you're unfamiliar if you did not catch the last episode trevor was our reigning champion he has brought an interesting topic up to the table which is basically the best sporting event that we have ever experienced whether it be as a fan or just in general um this one's gonna be i will say it's not gonna be quite as contested or it could not may not be as heated as others it's gonna be a little bit more discussion based compared to some of the ones we've had in the past so if you like these types of episodes be sure to let us know in the comments down below on on youtube let us know on twitter our, our social media links are in the uh, description also be sure, be sure to check out the podcast on spotify all that good stuff uh, i'm your host blake holmes i'm joined here tonight from the top left that is cameron bullwine Bottom left, that is Trevor Tidwell, and bottom right, that is Logan Porter, the mainstays at this point, and we are going to go ahead and jump right in. So, if you're unfamiliar with the show, basically what this is, it's a competition-based podcast. This is, uh, everybody brings a, an answer to the question of the week selected by the past winner. Everyone votes on it towards the end. Whoever wins the week brings the next topic and gets the Discord role that we have here of the reigning champion. You may be wondering why I don't have a face cam up this week. It's because I actually had a pretty bad ankle injury over the past weekend. And my apartment's just not in good shape right now because I'm not able to maneuver around and get it all picked up. So, uh, but the show must go on as they must say. And we're going to go ahead and jump right in. How are y'all doing tonight? Kind of hungry, to be honest with you. <laughs> doing pretty good, Blake. How are you, sir? Doing all right. As far as, your, as, far as eating, I had Chipotle earlier and it was phenomenal. I went to the nice. Mac Daddy. <laughs> um, so I've told Blake, uh, yesterday I accidentally made a comedic amount of lasagna. <laughs> Wait, so, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What constitutes a comedic amount? Oh, let him tell the okay. story. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, um, I currently live by myself. Uh, and, like, whenever I make dinner, I normally make enough for, like, two or three meals. Um Except on the case of, like, Sunday nights, I normally try to meal prep for all my lunches during the week. Um, and this week, I wanted to meal prep some lasagna. Um, and I like my mom's recipe, so I texted my mom into last week. And I was like, hey, what exactly, like, do you use for your lasagna? Can you send me the instructions and stuff? Um, and she was like, yeah, and sent it all to me. Uh, with, the, with the notes of, be careful, though, this makes a lot. And I was like, oh, that's fine, I'm counting on it. I went to last me, like, all week. So I don't have to, like, buy lunches when I go to work. Um, so I make the sauce, uh, and I, I boil the pasta or whatever, and I get the 13 by 9 inch pan, um, and I start, like, building the lasagna in it. And I get finished, the pan's totally full, I look over, and I still have so much sauce. So I was like, I can probably make, like, another half lasagna with this. So I pull out, like, a 9 by 9 pan that I have, and I fill it full of lasagna. Um, and it was like just the end of the sauce and like me not thinking about this. I was like, this is a lot of lasagna. That's okay though. And I can put them both in the oven or whatever. And I come back later once they're finished, I take them out. And then at this point, after I've made it, it hits me. This is so much lasagna. Uh, so I had enough lasagna that I ate some last night. Um, and then I proceeded to put like 10 
meals of lasagna away in the fridge. And it's only comedical, like a, uh, a comedic amount of lasagna, because it's just me. It's like so, it's like what I imagine the joke of someone asking, like, can I have a spoonful of your ice cream? And they pull out a spoon that's like the size of a person. That's basically mm-hmm. what you did with that lasagna. It's like one glass of wine, and it's like the giant <laughs> Two glass shots that- of vodka. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're talking about food. I ate lasagna, and I'm going to be eating lasagna all week. <laughs> I'm just upset I wasn't invited. I mean, you head up the road four hours or whatever it is. Five hours. Listen, listen time is only a material construct. <laughs> this is fair. <laughs> Alright, so we'll go ahead and jump right in here. As is customary, I have my wheels here. Um, of course, the best sportsman we've ever experienced. Again, this is something that it could be in person, it could be just as a fan, it could be as an athlete. Uh, just open to interpretation, and we're going to go ahead and spin the wheel. Presenting their pick first, it will be myself. So, let me go ahead and try to set the scene for you here. Um, as I think, obviously, a lot of people familiar with this sport um, will know. And... I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to keep with the themes a little bit, even though Trev is infringing on my theme a little bit over the past little bit. Uh, I am still one of the main, uh, one of the baseball guys. And, um, you know, there have been a number of things that have happened in my lifetime that I have been super into, you know, that have been really, really, really nice as far as whether I'm an athlete or whether I am, Watching as a fan, yeah, I think of back in high school, I shot under par in a golf in a golf match for the first time. Um, I think back to a, a crazy game, baseball game here and there that we've had funny memories. Then, then I go and think about in my professional sports and like my college sports. I think about the Steelers winning the world, uh, winning the Super Bowl twice. Uh, you know, big games for Tennessee here and the hail mary against Georgia, but none quite hit to me like the Atlanta Braves winning the the World Series last season um, in 2021. This was something to, and the reason, I'm going to bring this up, and people may be thinking, you're really picking, you're a Steelers fan, you're really picking this over the San Antonio Holmes game winner over against the Cardinals? Yes, and there is a reason for that. Because this is something, I'm going to be a little loose with the rules here in the sense that this wasn't a specific moment, but... It was a run that will be remembered forever. You think back, the Braves at one point were given about a 1% chance to make the playoffs, and then Ronald Acuna got hurt. Ronald Acuna gets hurt, misses the entire the rest of the season. Um, he had a, They had a 1% chance before this, and then he gets hurt. So the Braves... They're dead in the water. There's really nothing for them to do. The Mets are going to run away with the division, um, with the Phillies being the second-best team. And for some reason, the Marlins are competing a little bit too. But, you know, there's no chance Braves aren't going to make it back. But hold on. The Braves get hot. They get to the trade deadline. They make a bunch of different acquisitions. They get Jock Peterson. They get Jorge Soler. They get – I'm trying to think about who else was on that team. Uh, 
uh, they get Adam Duvall back. There's so many different pieces, moving pieces, getting put back on that team. And or they also get Eddie Rosario back, Eddie Rosario from Cleveland, and it's like okay, they're starting to put together. Yeah, they think they can make a go run for it. And what do they do? But they march back. They have one of the best records in baseball over the entire second half of the season. They get to the postseason as a wild card team, knock off the Brewers, beat the Dodgers in five games, knock off the Dodgers in five. The Dodgers were the overwhelming favorite. And if, I guess if I had to pick a moment, if I wanted to narrow it down, I'll use Jorge Soler's home run in game six of the World Series. Um, if you're familiar with that home run and you're familiar with Houston's ballpark, this is Houston's ballpark. It's a deep left field, and then above it, you've got some train tracks, and behind the train tracks, it goes out into um, the city. Jorge Soler destroyed a ball so hard and with such velocity that it went over the crowd, over the train tracks, into the city. And it was at that point that you just knew watching this game. At that point, I believe it made it like a 6 to nothing ball game or something like that. But still, even with the lopsided score, it was one of those things to where you were thinking, oh, the, the, the Astros, they're good enough. They can, If they get this one play, if they get this one moment, they get this one hit, um, if Altuve gets the magic going, then they're going to be, they're going to get right back in this game. And that is the one time in the entire series that I can think of where the entire momentum, everything was shut down. And if you were a Braves fan or if you were just watching the game as anybody, you knew there was no chance the Braves were going to lose that game. They go on, they win the game. Uh, I believe the final score was like 7-1. to one. They win their first World Series since 1992 or 1995. Um, it's an unbelievable story. It's the first time I had ever witnessed the Braves win the championship in my lifetime. And I don't know. I mean, just... It's not often that you get to see a home run of the magnitude that Jorge Soler hit. You have big moments in World Series history. I've talked about one with David Freeze in the first episode of this podcast. You have Kirk Gibson. Um, you know, you have big time moments. But Joe Carter, like, but with this one, I have never seen a harder hit ball in World Series history. And for it to shut down and for me as a fan to realize this is actually about to happen. It can't be touched, even with the San Antonio Holmes play being as unbelievable as it is. Cool. Yeah, so I remember um, I watched some of the World Series. I don't have cable, uh, so I can't just like watch all the games. Um, but I watched a couple of the games, um, and I remember very specifically watching this game six. Because, like, you know... And now the entire World Series is on this one game if, they're, like, the Braves win. So I'm like, yeah, like, I want to go ahead and watch this. Um, and up to this point, the Braves are looking really good in this game. Um, and then when this home run was hit, um, I remember the announcers being, like, he hitting the ball, and the announcers were like, oh, man, where did it go? <laughs> and then just, like, way out of the park. Um, and, like, similar to what you're saying, like, if you if you're – have momentum like the Braves were having in that game, and then something like this happens, there's no stopping you. Like, it just pushes the momentum to the max. There is no way they were losing that game. It's one of those things, too. You could feel the air collectively leave the entirety of the Astros' uh, fan base. I mean, it was just a sight to see. And I was watching this. I, I wasn't even, like, I'm the same way. I don't have cable. I was actually at a bar downtown watching it. And 
he, uh, you know, Solaire destroys that ball, and then I, I, I have it burned into my mind what Joe Buck says whenever the, the game is over. It's Swanson to first. The Braves are world champions, and it's Freddie Freeman running off first base, hands up high, ball in his back pocket. Like, But it all started, and I, you could technically say it started earlier in the game because the Braves had a little bit of a, of a lead at this point, but nothing shut down the game more than that Solaire home run. And I will argue not much in sports history has shut down a game more than that Solaire home run. It, it kind of makes me think, because, like, you're, you're a Braves fan. Mm-hmm. So, like, so like you know, when you're watching your team on the big stage, like, it, it, it just it feels awesome when something like that happens. Um, and I, I had an opposite experience. Uh, I'm a 76ers fan in basketball. And a couple years ago, in the, uh, I believe it was the Eastern Conference Finals? It was the Eastern Conference Semifinals against the Raptors. Semifinals, that's right, yes, against the Raptors. And Kawhi Leonard goes down to the corner, shoots the game-winning three, and it bounces all over the rim. It, it And it hung on the rim for, like, I swear, like, it felt like hours before that ball went through the hoop. And it so, like... It's the op- It's the complete opposite feeling that you're talking about, but that, but that, it's the same experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and again, like this is one of those things. This is the third total championship I've experienced by a team that I am a fan of. Uh, you know, national championships that is, but and, and it's also, but it's only the second team that I've seen do. You know, and the other thing too is this is some, and this is not supposed to be. I brag at my team or anything like that. But when the Steelers, you know, you're talking 15 straight seasons without a losing the season. And this is something that you get accustomed to the team at least being good. And when you see them win two championships in your lifetime, sure, do I want to see them win? I want to see them win 50 more championships before, I, before everything's said and done. Absolutely. But this one was special, especially when you consider the Braves – in the early mid in the early 2010s they were in the basement they were they were extremely bad they were a very bad baseball team freddie freeman in fact that's the reason why he was so beloved in atlanta because he stuck it out he stuck it through some really 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 bad braves years and he uh, got them back to a contender again and you look in the past couple of seasons as well the braves have always gotten close you know you think of the dodgers they push the dodgers to seven games and they can't get it done against them, the Dodgers go on to win the World Series. And you look, and for them to take that step backwards, but then push it all the way through over the, the, the finish line, it's something, again, that as a fan, it's it's the same reason why, and, and knock on wood here, the if the Nuggets ever win a NBA Finals, you guys will never hear the end of it. Um, I don't care if that's the only one. I, I've seen enough. I've been through hell and back with this team. And it just makes it that much sweeter. But in the case, again, just taking the semantics out of it too, just the astonishment I had. I didn't know it was physically possible for a human being to hit a home run ball on the pitch he did that far, that like Solaire did. And it's something that, again, that's a batting practice home run. That's one that you see people hitting off the jugs machine, hitting off of the Iron Mike machine, not off of an MLB pitcher in the World Series. And it's just, again, an unbelievable sight to see. It's something that 
I I still would freely admit, just the other day, I went back and watched highlights from that playoff run because we're starting to get towards the postseason now. And I'm still just in bewilderment every time I see it. Uh, you just reminded me, too. Um, recently, um, I want to say it was like this week, uh, there was a ball batted that went like 506 feet. Um, it was it was just a really big hit. So I, you reminded me of that. So. Baseball players are unbelievable these days. And, again, that that's one of the reasons why um, – yeah, postseason's coming around. The Braves <laughs> have the best record in baseball since uh, in the second half of the season. But uh, <laughs> but again, like I said, it just and it looks like and it's even more heartwarming now because it's almost like they're repeating that same trajectory. They didn't have any huge. They did lose Adam Duvall for the remainder of the season, but they didn't have any huge trade deadline splashes. They got Jake Odorizzi from Houston, but that's Odorizzi from Houston, but that's it. Um, Robbie Grossman from the Tigers. Like, they, they got a couple of decent pieces, but it wasn't like last year. But still, just that entire run. But if I have to pick one moment, it's got to be the Solaire home run, as that's ultimately what won him a World Series MVP. Cam, anyone, or anybody else, any other comments before we spin the wheel for the next person? Um, I guess to kind of add on to, like, what Logan was saying, because obviously I don't really relate a lot to baseball just because I'm not, like – not a very active baseball fan, but I can understand, like, to a degree of, like, how you feel, like, where one play pretty much just rips the soul out of an entire team. Like, I've definitely watched, like, some of my favorite teams do that, so I can only imagine watching your favorite team in the World Series do that. It's a feeling like you can't even describe. A feeling that makes me act like a lunatic in the middle of a bar. Uh, you know, like I said, I can't say it enough. It's it truly is an astonishing thing, especially when you see a player, you know, do a, a feat that you didn't even think was humanly possible in the world's biggest stage. All right, so that is mine. The first one on the board. Say I'm going to be specific. Jorge Soler's Game Six World Series home run in 2021. Up next, presenting theirs, will be Cam. So, Cam, the floor is yours. Go ahead and take it away. Alrighty, so to begin this, I have a, uh honorable mention. It is the it is me watching the 2016 uh, AFC wildcard game against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. That game alone uh, gave me almost three heart attacks, but... Honestly, whenever I think of, like, Steelers football, that game pretty much gives you everything you ever wanted. But for my main pick, I'm going to choose uh, experiencing Inner Sandman uh, at Virginia Tech for the first time. Uh, the first time I went to a Virginia Tech game was against Duke in 2019, and uh, the score wasn't pretty. But just experiencing, uh, obviously, like, if not the best, one of the best college entrances. And being a part of that, it's a night game. The crowd's crazy. Everyone's obviously been tailgating all day, you know. Virginia Tech football game. And just to be a part of it and really, like, realize there's... I'm not even sure how many people Virginia Tech Stadium holds, but at least 30, 40, 50,000 people all just coming together waiting for their favorite team to play is honestly crazy. I uh I talked to Logan about this earlier a little bit, 
when uh, yesterday the Jets and the Ravens played, and they had the national anthem, and obviously they were doing the 9-11 memorial. It was honestly kind of like, obviously it's not similar, but it is similar, just getting so many fans involved into an environment, and obviously yesterday was for not only just football, but for the United States, but the uh, inner Sandman is just crazy to experience. You can only imagine what the opposing team is feeling having to go into a stadium like that and try and win a game. So, And obviously, I think everyone here has experienced inner Sandman at Virginia Tech, so that's kind of a... I think everyone here can obviously talk about their experience the first time. I can definitely tell you the experience I had actually on Saturday. Um, <laughs> on, I was actually in the crowd. Uh, told, I mentioned at the beginning of the show I had an ankle injury that I sustained. I actually sustained it before the Virginia Tech game, and I was hopping on one foot during Inner Sandman in order to still be involved. But again, and I will say, I mean, college football, there are so many traditions. There's so many unbelievable entrances. You have like Florida State's entrance. Clemson has another good one. Death Valley and LSU. Uh, There's so many different things. But I will attest that Virginia Tech has in my opinion, the most electric opening. There are, there are a lot of traditions. Again, there are a lot of staples. You've got uh, Auburn with the War Eagle. You've got Tennessee with Rocky Top and the Power T. You've got Georgia running out with Uga. I mean, there, there's so many different things. But Virginia Tech, there's just something about it when everybody's jumping all together. And the best part, I think one of the more underrated parts of Man that I love so much is towards the end of the chorus when everybody's still going wild and you're ready to you're ready to play and even after a game where tech loses to a team like old dominion they're still going crazy and they cut the music and the entire crowd in unison continues the chorus to the point where you could hear it from miles away it literally gives you goosebumps and it's something that Again, I can't believe there are people out there that legitimately believe home field advantage doesn't exist and doesn't help because if I was a player and I had to go and play against that environment and I'm going out for the coin toss and I'm hearing people screaming all collectively the chorus to entertainment with no music, let alone all the jumping and the you know, losing their minds they're doing, I don't even know if I'd be able to leave the tunnel, let alone play a football game. See, like, so I was actually at the game that Cam went to, his his first one. I wasn't with him. We, I just so happened to be there. Um, if I'm not wrong, I think we were on opposite sides of the stadium. Is that we right? Were. Yeah, we were. Okay, yeah. So we were on opposite sides of the stadium. And that um, that was a good first Inner Sandman to experience. Because like Blake was saying, when the music cut out, they had started – everyone in the crowd started singing too. It was a, it was a late night game. I believe it was an eight o'clock game. If I'm not wrong. It was either eight or um, seven. Cause if I'm okay, if I'm not mistaken, was this Duke game, was this the one that it poured at? It poured rain for a little bit. And the, I mean, it rained a little bit, but it didn't really pour. Well, it rained. It said, I went to a Duke game the first, the first time I, the first time I ever experienced saying I was really young, but this one, it was, it was raining. Um, I believe it may have been like 20, This the one I went to may have been like 2018 or something, like 2017. But, no, like, yeah, exactly. But um, typically that do games about a 7 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, so we, I, I, I was there. They had the music cut out. Everyone kept singing. They kept singing throughout to the next chorus and then stop. Um, which, 
my, when I first experienced Inner Sandman back in like 2015, 2014, it, it wasn't really like that, you know? Like, it was still that hype moment. Like, you're jumping up and down, they're coming out, and everyone's singing. But it, it didn't really... Con- like, once the music was off, it was football time, you know? It, they didn't really continue it on. So, it, having experienced both sides, I think it's definitely more special now. Um, I remember when COVID when they lifted restrictions and uh, tech like first day of college football, I guess it was last year. It might've been the year before, um, but first day of college kickoff for tech and they were showing the video of Virginia tech and it was packed. It was um, against UNC last season. Yeah. Sam Howell. Yeah, it was packed. And that was and great. Granted, that was a great game too, by the way, if you're a tech fan, um, <laughs> but um it's it's such a cool experience and I'm glad that you got that one was your first one because it, th- like you said, college football entrances. There's a a bunch of good ones, but I, I think Tech is one of the best. And they said I they had told me somewhere I'm pretty sure Tech's entrance is the only one in college football history that's ever registered on the Richter scale, and it's done it like four times. It has d- registered, and it's also. Um... It's it's also been Lane Stadium has at, I believe like at least two of the top ten loudest crowd noises ever registered at college football games as well. Um, That's crazy. And it, it, it's and exactly. I will say this: you can call me biased all you want. And for those of you that aren't aware of my allegiances and things like that, I am a Virginia Tech student. But my main allegiance, my main college, my college team that has been ever since I was born, basically, is Tennessee. But I will still go to bat and say that there isn't a single stadium. Lane Stadium is criminally underrated as far as an atmosphere goes. Because people, whenever you ask a random person on the street what's the best college football atmosphere, the first things they're gonna, people are going to go to their mind for, they're going to go to LSU, they're going to go to Ohio State and Michigan, Alabama, things like that, Florida maybe. But Tech rarely comes up, and I think that is some, one of the most criminal things because – the things I see at Tech games are things that you just don't see. And you can say that about a lot of things, but over-the-top excitement. It doesn't matter how. Again, this team lost to old, got embarrassed by Old Dominion in week one. And what do they do? They come back and dominate Boston College with the entirety of Lane Stadium absolutely rocking in the orange effect. It's, a, it's nuts. Cam, any other comments or Trev, any responses? Um, so my first, uh, Lane Stadium, uh, visit for a football game, um, I actually wasn't there to watch the game, um, and I guess technically we weren't supposed to watch it, um, in high school I was part of our marching band, um, and we were able to, uh, get one of the many small concession stands that are under the bleachers, uh. Uh, for like fundraisers for our band so the first time that i was there and all this was happening i was under the bleachers oh, God. Um, and like if you're on the bleachers or like on the field or whatever it's a lot of like you hear the uh like the song playing and you hear everyone and then they're stomping but if you're under it it's like just stomping <laughs> um and that is it's still a really cool experience but wildly different than being a part of it. Um, I have since uh, been a part of, like, 
not under the bleachers <laughs> at the start of the game. Um, but both of them still really cool experiences. I can I can say that I have never once thought about being actually like under the bleachers <laughs> while that's all <laughs> happening. Like because you know once it starts, like everyone's in their seats. You know what I mean? Well, at their seats. Right. Yeah. Ex- I mean, saying correct me if I'm wrong. Trey, first experience you had as a, going to Lane as a fan was when I when we went to Boston College back of uh, 2019, whatever year it was, or had you gone before uh... that? I so I've went once with you and once with Cole, and I don't remember which one was first. Okay, yeah, I, I was gonna say I can imagine wildly different compared to being under being in the concession stand. Mm-hmm. Cam, any other comments, concerns, questions, or for the rest of the group before your turn ends? Um, I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll go ahead and move forward. So we are two people in. We have my pick as the 20, uh, 2021 Game 6 Jorge Soler home run, and Cam has Inner Sandman at Virginia Tech. Spinning the wheel once again, it will land. I'm just going to click it a few times to see who it lands on just for fun. It'll land on Logan. So Logan... We'll it was going to land on Trev until he clicked it a few times. I was just spamming it towards the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, Logan, the floor is yours. All right, so mine is back when I was playing sports. So um, I guess my the usual theme that I have is kind of usually – out there sports not usually a big four in the in the states but i didn't play any sport outside of <laughs> the big four so i don't have that kind of experience um to give today so when i was in eighth grade i played middle school and jv football for my school um i, I guess i would have been 13 at the time uh and we were playing a JV game against uh, a neighboring county. So we go out there, and I kind of don't feel the best. Like, I'm tired. Um, we had had a middle school game earlier that week. We were getting ready to go play JV, which was not a pleasant experience because we had a small school. So all of us eighth graders were playing JV, and we had, like, two ninth graders come down and play with us um, and no 10th graders. So we were playing kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage, but um, we were considered a pretty good middle school team. So we felt a little confident coming into the game. So we came in and uh, we had, I believe this would have been about the third quarter. We were winning at the time. We drove down the field and we were at about the 20 yard line. Um, I played left tackle on offense and defense, uh, Ironman football. So, uh, ball snapped. I'm doing a pass block for a pass play. Our quarterback throws an interception to- at the middle linebacker. And the reason this is my favorite moment is because th- at this moment in time, that's kind of like, that's when my mind just kind of clicked with me. Like, how like to play football like I was I would say I was okay at football at the time um 
I kind of I knew the rules. Uh, I had one most improved player uh, when I was a little younger than I was at this time. Um, so I I knew how to play and I was decent at it. But like right at this moment, it just it's like everything about sports just clicked with me. And I see the the defender that had just gotten the interception and I'm telling him and I like hit two blockers with my shoulder pads. He runs right into me and I slam him on the ground. And another reason why this is my favorite is because it, it, it had like, it let me hit this level of athleticism that I hadn't hit since. Like I had come through and I was just bull rushing for an interception. I was a big kid, so I didn't I didn't get a lot of opportunities in open field to get tackles like that. I was usually if it came to me at the line, that's when I got it. So this it was a big experience. We found out later um that I probably had a concussion from that play too. Um which kind of adds to the experience, you know, your your first concussion um because as soon as that play was over, um I had trouble standing up and they took me to the sidelines and I threw up. But I didn't know what a concussion was at the time, so I didn't go and get protocoled or anything. I just went back out there. I was like, man, I just I just feel dizzy. So I go back out there, and we go on. I think we ended up losing the game, but at, at hitting that moment of clarity for me, it's like when you're three years old and you just suddenly gain consciousness. It was <laughs> It was just a surreal experience for me. You, you didn't know what a concussion was. It's because nobody knew what a concussion was back in those days. You felt dizzy, just hit them harder. That's how right. it used to be. Uh, no, I mean, and, and hitting peaks, it's the same reason, like, I'll, I'll use this for an example. Back when I was, and Trevor can attest to this because he watched it. When I was in middle school, I was nothing to write home about when it came to um, a, a batter. In fact, my, I was a better infielder than I was uh at the plate, and then when I would hit about freshman year, uh, I ended up going to a hitting camp, a hitting club that was about 45 minutes away from home. I'd go there once a week. Um, would literally, I'd, I'd go to practice every day, Monday through Friday, and then after I got off practice on Friday, I'd go home, I'd eat dinner, and then I'd go up the road to go hit uh, some more. And it's like you said, Logan. Whenever that instructor showed me a couple of things, and everything started to click. And I'm starting to hit the ball with more contact. And I'm starting to strike the ball a lot better and hit line drives instead of little rinky-dink ground balls. It's one of those things to where the clarity comes in. You're like, I've I've figured something out, and I didn't even know this was I could do this. So it really is unrivaled to uh, do something that you didn't even know you could do like that. Definitely. So I mean, that's the feeling. It's just it was such. It's so crazy to think about. Um, now, because I mean, I'm 21 now. I was 13 at the time, so eight years ago, that was just, I was, it was a different me, and it was just still. I still think about it every now and then, especially when I'm thinking about how good we were back in the day. I had a walk off back in high school, and I still think about that. And I had a, I was at the plate when we walked off a game, but the yeah, and I, and I was. I was happy we won, but I got upset that I didn't get my chance. And then two games later, uh, we were finishing a game that had been uh, had been suspended due to rain and things like that. And I hit a, a frozen rope down the third base line to knock home the game winner. 
And yeah, I mean, exa- it's the same reason I sit here. I'll still think back like I really caught that ball going down third baseline. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things again, just doing something. You you almost feel superhuman because you're like, wait, I can do that, <laughs> or I could do that. No, I, that that's how it, you feel like a superhuman, especially in the weight room, mm-hmm. like when you were in high school. <laughs> when you hit those big weights, you're just like, ah, and you start <laughs> screaming. Uh, Trev, Cam, any comments or anything like that? Pretty sure the game Logan's referring to, I was there. I was just on the sidelines, so. But I was watching Logan, and he was doing good. I bet he was. I, I think you were there because I think earlier that season was when I when I scored my touchdown, and they, they had you come onto the field and block for me. Yeah, I also blocked for a touchdown for Logan, so no big deal. But I am finding <laughs> autographs duo. after the, uh, after <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Rumbling, stumbling, tumbling for a touchdown. The Chris Berman special. Trev, any other comments? Um, that feeling of um, whenever you finally find your success or that clarity opens up um, and you're like, oh, man, maybe I can do this. Um, it, really, it really is a a tremendous feeling um and blake like you were saying um in middle school like you, you weren't a great batter nope and then you started going to that hitting club and then it was like into freshman year starting the sophomore year you were a pretty solid batter oh. um so like uh the hard work pays off definitely i knew i had made it whenever our our jv coach was going down the line giving people things to go home he was telling people, because we hadn't been hitting the ball well as a team, and he was going down the line telling people what they needed to go watch videos about at home and get more accustomed to it. And he got to me, and I could see him start to struggle to tell me what I should work on and what what uh, what else I could have done. Because, again, this was, like I said, five days of practice plus going on Friday nights. And if it was closer, if I had the ability, I would have went more. Um and I just, like I said, I'll never forget, because he started laughing as he was starting to think about things, and he finally just told me bat speed, because that was uh, a default thing. But yeah, I mean, again, when you put the pieces together and you finally see what the puzzle is, there's really nothing like it. <laughs> to, quote, to quote a Tool song, I know the pieces fit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, a good pick there, and I'm going to go ahead and just so we're aware, Trevor, you can't stop talking until I spin the wheel. Okay, I've spun it. Uh, Hold up. Wait, keep cl- keep clicking it. Okay. Oh, I got no. you. We need to see if it actually lands on him. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'll click it I a mean, few more times. I mean, this is fair. It was going to land on me before, and you kept <laughs> yeah. clicking it, and it didn't. So maybe it won't. Uh, there you go. It landed on you. So the floor is all yours. Oh. Go right ahead. Dang. No way, man. I wasn't ready yet. Uh. <laughs> He's still doing research. <laughs> you, I'm still you, doing you research. You need me to click it again, see if you can give me a little bit more time. Nah, I got it. <laughs> I, I had to reach back in the depth of my mind to remember this. You had a brain um, blast. And the, the extra spin uh, jogged my memory. <laughs> All right. So uh, I mentioned earlier um, that when I was in high school um, and also part of when I was in middle school, I was in our uh, high school marching band. Um, a lot of people don't consider marching band as a sport um, because it's not as uh, physically intensive as 
uh, football or basketball or any of the big ones that you know. Um, but marching band itself takes a lot of uh, a lot of core strength, a lot of shoulders to keep your instrument up, um, and uh, make sure it doesn't drop. Because uh, whenever you go to competitions, you actually lose points for this. Um, there's a lot of uh, diaphragm that you need to be able to one play your instrument well, and two, uh, you have to control your diaphragm as you are walking and playing. And I don't know if anyone has like tried to walk quickly and like talk or anything at the same time. Um, it's hard to keep your speech steady. Uh, it like bounces or whatnot whenever you walk. Um, and also just like there are so many things that you have to do with your legs to make sure that you're walking as smooth as possible. Um, that going to marching band practice is a leg workout. Um, when I was in high school, I had thunder calves. They were just logs just because of marching band. Um, so um, my input to this podcast has to do when I was a marching band in high school. Um, um, so a little, a little bit of, I guess, a primer on marching band stuff. Um, mostly when people think of uh, a pet band or a marching band, they think of uh, them being at other sports games. So um, high school football, uh, college football are big ones. Um, they have pet bands at college basketballs. I was in the university that we went to. Um, I was in our uh, pet band for the basketball team. Um, and during football, there's most of the time uh, some sort of halftime performance by uh, the marching bands. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things that uh, most people don't know is that there are also um, on an amateur level, so like uh, high school and college-ish, and a more professional level, um, there are marching band competitions where there will be some range of number of bands who come to uh, a football stadium um, and each of them perform their halftime show and are judged. And then at the end of the competition, um, awards are handed out based on how many points were awarded to um, each band in a couple different categories. Um, so one of the categories is marching. Um, it is literally half of marching band. Um, you have to make sure that you're in step um, and that you are uh, stepping and marching correctly and rolling your feet. Um, this is a big part of making sure that your upper body and your diaphragm isn't bouncing while you're walking. Um, you get judged on your musical performance in a whole. Um, you get judged for your percussion section, which are all of your drums and your cymbals and any of the like marimbas and stuff that are on the side. Um, you get judged on your color guard. Uh, your color guard are the people who aren't playing instruments, but are marching around with flags or rifles or sabers or basically whatever. Um, they don't contribute to the music, but they contribute to the visual effect of the show. Um, 
and then you get judged on the drum major. The drum major themselves get judged. Um, and the drum major is the one or two or however many people are actually conducting the marching band. Uh, they're up on the podium above everybody so they can see them. And they're the ones actually waving their arms, uh, conducting the band. Um, my junior and senior years of high school, I was the drum major for our marching band. And let me see, my eighth grade and my freshman year, um, our marching band was growing. It was getting bigger. Um, and also because of this, our marching band was getting better, um, which is a really good feeling. Because whenever I started, we were fine. And then over the next two years, we slowly got better, better and our, uh, um, our band slowly got larger, which means we could have more instrumentation. Um, and then my junior year, um, whenever I uh, got the drum major position, um, we had just uh, a year prior uh, gotten a new band director. Um, and that's kind of hard, especially on people who have been with the program for a while and liked a previous band director. Now there's a new one. Uh, so we had a lot of people quit. Um, the new band director was also uh, fairly fresh out of college. Um, he actually came from uh, the high school that uh, Cameron and Logan went to. He taught there for a couple of years and then he came to the high school that Blake and I went to. Um, so he was uh, maybe a couple of years older than me. Uh, currently, at that time, he was maybe 27, 28. Um, so he didn't have quite as much experience as the previous band director. Uh, so th there were a lot of factors um, that were kind of like edging us down that year. Um, but we, uh, so we went through the season like we normally do. Uh, went to all the football games, went to all of our normal competitions at local high schools. Um, and similar to um, high school, other high school sports, uh, your team is given uh, kind of like a ranking based on their size. So um, for, let's say, football or baseball or basketball, your school will be ranked in Virginia as uh, a single A or a double A um, or uh, higher triple A, quadruple A, based on the school size. Um, for marching bands, um, it's just based on the marching band size. So we could have a tiny high school, but every single person is in our marching band. We can just have like a triple A marching band from a single A high school. Um, so uh, the season prior, we were borderline double A. Uh, this season, uh, my junior year, we had slipped back down to single A. And this will be important for uh, the actual story coming up. So we went to a marching band competition at Marshall University. Um, I had not known about this uh, competition prior to us scheduling stuff at the beginning of the year. And a band director was like, hey, this is a really big competition. I think even if we go there and we don't do great, well, like it's still like there are tons of bands. Um, 
think our marching band will have a great time, uh, more for the experience than for anything. Um, so we went, and at this competition, there were only single A and double A high school bands. Um, I think there were seven double A bands, and I want to say like 15 or 16 single A bands, uh, which is a lot. Um, and they actually split up the bands into two different single A categories. So you had essentially a single A of all the the smaller bands, and then you had a single A category of all the larger single A bands. Um, we were on the bottom edge of the larger single A bands. Um, so it means that all of our competition were bands that were larger than us, that had more instruments, that had different instruments uh, that we couldn't have the sound for because we had fewer, uh, we had fewer people. Um, so we performed our show. It went perfectly fine. Um, similar to basically all of our, all of our other performances, um, we thought it felt fairly good, um, but we weren't expecting a whole lot. Um, and it, so we performed uh, close to the, the beginning of the, the day. And then after we perform, we go back to, uh, uh, they had like locker rooms for us so we could change in. So change into our marching band outfit. And then after we change out of it, and basically like once you perform, you just kind of like hang out in the stands and you watch the other bands. So it's uh, an entire day event, which is pretty cool. Um, so we perform, watch all the other bands perform. It's about 8 p.m. or so. Um, all the bands are done. Um, we had waited a, maybe about a half hour for all the judges to finish up tallying all the points and such. Um, and then uh, for the award ceremony, each of the bands sends their leadership down to the field, um, which is normally between like three and five, seven people, something like that. Um, and me being the drum major, I was the main one for our group to go down. Um, and they start listing off awards. Um, and they, they give out awards for uh, your group that you're competing in. Uh, they give awards for third, second, and first place in each of the categories I mentioned earlier for marching, music, percussion, drum major, and um, the color guard or general effect. Um, and they're going through all the awards. And uh, one after another, uh, we failed to get into the top three scoring for each of these categories. Uh, so we're sitting out there. And we're like, yeah, you know, like we had a great day. Like we had fun performing at this university um, and uh, like seeing all the larger bands because there are a lot of really good bands that were there. Um, and then they give awards for overall performance. So basically they just sum up all of the scores that you got for all of the categories. And then this is your band score. Um, and uh, we're all sitting there. And we're like, all right, cool. Like, we didn't get first, second, or third in any of the other stuff. So, like, why would we get any of these awards? If if we didn't get at least third in anything, how could we get at least third overall? Like, we're like, eh, whatever. Um, and they they start with the overall awards. Um, 
and third place overall is awarded to us. Um, our band that got zero awards for the entire ceremony got third place overall for our tiny division. Um, and this was a big, um, I guess, pat on the back and reassurance that we were doing stuff right. Um, we, had, we had really struggled this season uh, learning music, putting stuff together. Um, and um, kind of unlike Blake's story, where Blake's story was like, here's momentum, and then here's the tipping point that we know we did well. Um, this is a lot of like, yeah, we tried, we had a great time. And then like, surprise, you guys did great. Um, and I remember the feeling of uh, them calling us out and then all of us being like, what? Uh, uh, and then like, oh shit, I need to go get this award. So like, I walk up and I accept their award and whatnot. Um, but the entire bus ride back, because Marshall's a couple hours from our high school, um, we were all ecstatic. Uh, a bunch of high school teenagers, like extremely happy and giddy at 9 p.m. on a like, couple hour bus ride home. Um, and I feel like it's a lot, a lot like your, um, your story, Logan, where uh, this is kind of the moment um, where it's like reassurement that you're doing stuff right, um, that you're actually succeeding um, and not even knowing it. So I'll go ahead and start by saying I, it's not often that I learn things on this podcast like this, because I mean, I knew, I knew a lot of what went into the commitment. It's the same for those of you that don't know off of this podcast, myself and Logan, we are actually a radio team personality type thing where we call high school football games in our area on live radio. We do that every Friday night. Um, be sure to check us out through reversemedia.com. But anyways, uh, the main reason, is whatever we, st- and there, there is a reason I'm bringing this up. At the beginning of every game, I make it a point, we both make it a point, to talk about how much each person, because we people get so caught up and they, they're so focused on Friday night. In fact, I, I think it's funny. Those are To me, there's a reason it's called Friday Night Lights. It's not just Friday Night Football. It's not... Yeah, it's it, it's everybody. It's the cheerleaders. It's the marching band. It's the color guard. It's the concession stand workers. Everybody goes into it. But you're right. Not many people knew know the competitions that go into it. The work that goes into marching band. That's why I try to make it a point for, at the beginning of every broadcast of saying like, hey, it's their moment to. Um, if I have the name, if I have the theme that they're doing for the halftime show, I try to make sure I shout that out. And it's just something to where, again, I think that it, a lot of work goes unnoticed. And um, going off of what I learned was I had not realized that's how bands were. I thought, I mean, I hadn't paid attention. I thought it was just how big your school was and what your 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 the rest of your athletics were um, as far as class sizes. And so I wasn't exactly aware of that. But, you know, again, it's, it's, the, it's a prime example. And just like we were talking about earlier where – things again the puzzle starts to fall into place and especially in your case you kind of get deeped out because you're like well i mean even if we don't get anything we're still really happy like we this has been a really fun day this has been very productive overall but then you get that added bonus um it's the equivalent i'll use a nerd example uh back when i was in the eighth grade uh went to the science the county science fair i gave this 
passionate science fair project I had been working on for gosh gosh knows how long. And we get to the presentations, and my name is not called whenever it gets to the uh, the best in the category that I was doing. And I remember being so upset and just thinking, like, how in the world? And then I look up, and I my project got picked for the best in the county. So it, it wasn't eligible for the, the categories because it was the best overall. Um, it's the same thing there where it's like you kind of get the feeling you're like, well, yeah, we still enjoyed it. This is still a good day. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it sucks we didn't win anything. But, at the, you know, we still had fun. And then you find out you won something. And it's like, oh, so the, I guess, the, like you kind of said, the high continues even more. Because Morgantown, or not Morgan, uh, um, Marshall, Marshall, what, what, Huntington, Huntington is not a close city. Huntington is not a close town. So that drive back to have that high going because of that, yeah, I can imagine is something. It's it's is really something special. Yeah, like so. I actually, when I was in high school, I. First off, I didn't like, I'd always hear about band competitions because I think when I was getting towards the latter end of my high school career, our band was getting fairly large. Um, so I had always heard like band competition, but I didn't like know what that meant because <laughs> I <I'd> never <laughs> like, you know, I was never in the band. Like I played, well, I say I was never in the band. When I was in sixth grade, I played the trombone. And I don't remember any of it, but um, it I was a, I was never in marching band. But I have friends that were in marching band. Um, I, I have a close friend that I still speak with today. That's in, that was in the color guard. So I, you know, I wanted to support my friends. So I went out to a uh, to one of the band competitions, and it, it it wasn't what I expected, but I also didn't know what to expect. Um, and I went with Cam, and it, there was actually a lot of interesting things that were uh, put into it. Like I, like you said, I didn't realize that they separate the band size rather than just like the school size. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, you don't really see that anywhere else because uh, if they were, if they did, like our football team would just be like dip zero, like <laughs> we'd be zero a. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's pretty cool. And there's a lot of effort that goes into it too. Um, and that kind of rings home. I think I went to a, a regional one with Cameron one time. Cameron, do you remember? Was it the regions? I'm honestly not particularly sure. I know me and you have gone to a few together just because like, as you had said, we had, we both have very close friends who were in band. So. I, I think I want to say it was a regional match because they had, um, our regional competition because they had like 10 12 schools there all um, competing was this uh a competition at george with no it was we not did, okay. we, we did we did go to one at george with this okay. one was over out near roanoke that was a that was oh it was at oh what was it called give me a second yeah, give him a second, but uh, th just to continue my point, like that, it, it was interesting. Um, it was an interesting experience because it's not you going to like it's it's like going to a different sport event. Like you always experience something different. Like going to football, like 
you see the kids playing out behind the bleachers, you know, you see the parents in their little foldable chairs, like with an umbrella watching the game, or you'll see your dad that just likes to stand beside the locker room and never takes a seat. Um, but like, and then you go to basketball and everyone's at a gym and nobody wants to be in the gym because being in the gym sucks. Um, you know, going to the band competition that it, it feel the atmosphere feels different, but it's it's not it's it's pretty yeah it's it definitely feels a lot happier. <laughs> you feel <laughs> you definitely feel a lot more support coming from a band competition atmosphere. You know what I mean? You're not at each other's throats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of so like a lot of sporting events. It's one team versus another. Yeah, and it's like you are my enemy. But at March Band competitions, it's just like hey, we're all out here. We're having a great time. Uh, we all love what we do, and, like, it'd be cool to win, but, like, if you win, that's cool. Like, whatever, man. We're just having a good time. I thought it was uh, cool to see. I was going to say, I thought it was cool, like, uh, when you're talking about the color guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, I, I always thought they just threw flags. I, but, like, when we went to the competition, we saw people that had, like, the model guns. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Um, <laughs> was like, if you get... That's... Whenever you get into like bigger bands and like the actual professional bands, they'll have actual props on the field that they'll like be moving around and whatnot. Um, and they'll do a lot of like gymnastic esque things, similar to like what cheerleaders do. Um, we don't do any of that in high school, unless you're at like a giant well, high school. I was but... gonna say, I think I, if I recall, I could be, I could be blatantly wrong, but if I recall, I think we witnessed one band and I want to say it was Taswell. It might not have been Taswell. I think they came out and they had like cardboard cutouts of like grass or something. And they were like, or no, it might've been the ocean and they were making the ocean waves with the cardboard mm-hmm. cutouts. Um, I think, I think that was something they did. I thought that was pretty cool, At which I wouldn't have expected to be a part of like marching band. <laughs> To answer your question from earlier, it was in Botatot. Hmm. Oh, Botatot. Uh, okay. And well, at, at the, go, ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that's never one that we went to, so it was not fresh in my mind. Uh, at the Virginia Tech game the other night, and that's the thing I wanted to bring up too. Uh, at the Virginia Tech game, there were literally color guard uh, out there during the halftime show who were spinning batons that were on fire, and so I mm-hmm. mean, it's just. Things like that, the, the concentration, the pre- preparation that goes into it. And I even, I've said this all along. I've said this for years. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was in the band up until seventh grade. And after seventh grade, I ended up uh, leaving. I, I quit. And I will attest if the only reason I was not a part of the band and did not continue with band was because I was a golfer. I was on the golf team. If I hadn't had the golf team, if I hadn't had, because I was not gonna, I would, I did, I was not a football player. Um, I followed football, as you could probably tell. I play, I followed it extremely closely, but I wasn't uh, a player by any means. And if I had not had golf, and I, and it was one of those things to where technically I could have been a part of both, but I knew I was not gonna be able to uh, put the necessary time towards either of them if I was a part, if I was part of both. So I, I dropped band for that reason, but. I knew from that, that's, and that's one of those things too, again, when we went through, and I, that's why I always like to give a shout out on the air, because it's always like, the preparation and everything that goes into uh, just a halftime show in front of a, a, a home crowd watching a football game 
is off the charts, let alone in a high pressure situation like a band competition to where your every move is be every move is being judged. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's it's a lot harder and it's a lot more than people think it is. Can I can I ask a serious question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Blake. Yes. What instrument did you play? I was I played the trumpet back in sixth and seventh grade. Uh, a, f- a fellow brass man, I see. I see. I did. I did play the trumpet. Um, it was one of those things. And again, if I it, and, and I've said it, and, and I, I mean it, like I said, if I did not have golf, that's what I would have done with it. I would have just kept going with that. Because, um, like I said, I wasn't playing. I wasn't playing football, and then basically the only thing I I will say I I did. Um, at the same time as one another was I did yeah and Trevor and I did both of this when it came to Mac competition and baseball. That was really the only thing that I did both together at the same time. But like I said, it, it Mac was one practice a week, um, uh, and maybe a couple of meets, maybe a couple of meets every week. With marching band, it's every day. It's it's high intensity. You have band camp in the summer. Like there's a lot that goes into band that wasn't there for Mac. And so that's, again, that's the main reason I, I dropped it was because to this day, I'm still an avid golfer. I was the one seed back in, in high school too. And I was not going to be able to commit that time. If, and I, because I knew how much time went into and how much effort went into making a, a successful halftime show. Now, Trev. Yeah. Before you were the major of the drums. <laughs> So, what, what was your position in the band, marching band? Um, so before I, uh, I guess before I, I actually say, um, the name or the title drum major, um, isn't very self-explanatory. Um, so the drum major is the person who waves their arm, conducts the band. Uh, never once do they ever have to or know how to play drums. I don't understand why it's called a drum major. I've literally never played a drum in my life. Um, um, uh, also, you're on a platform as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so whenever I started band uh, in sixth grade, I started playing flute. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I played flute um, through college. Um, I actually have a, uh, a flute performance minor uh, just because like, I wanted to play flute. And I was like, hey, if you take these two classes, you get a minor. I was like, all right. Um, and also in high school, um, to help support our band that was slowly losing members, um, I picked up um, clarinet as well as alto sax and baritone saxophone. Yeah, a, a musical wizard he became there for a while. <laughs> So is so this one isn't kind of isn't related is um flute is is that considered a woodwind yes it is um, okay because there, there's not like a reed right yeah so the reason that the woodwind category is called as it is is um a asterisk most of the woodwind instruments use some sort of uh wood or bamboo device to create the sound so um clarinets and saxophones 
have a single reed that is under the on the mouthpiece that actually vibrates, which creates the sound. Um, you have like an oboe or a bassoon or an English horn, which have uh, the reed. Uh, they're called double reeded. Um, it's basically it is two reeds that are snacked together with a small opening, um, and both of the reeds vibrate. Um, fun fact: this is also how bagpipes get their sounds. Bagpipes is a giant air sac, and all of the pipes that come out have double reeds. Um, but flutes, there is no uh, physical wooden or bamboo or whatever device that creates the sound. Um, have you have you guys ever like blown across? like a soda bottle and it creates like the resonance sound. Yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, it is exactly that. Um, so uh, in sixth grade, whenever we had like a try out the instrument, see what you like. Um, I was like, Hey, I kind of want to play flute. Um, and a band director at the time was like, yeah, cool. Okay. So he took the mouthpiece and like held it up to how you would play a flute. And he was like, all right, so you know how you blow across the like, soda bottles or whatever make the sound and i was like oh yeah like this and then like i made a great sound and he was like oh yeah all right you're gonna play flute <laughs> um so yeah that's how the sound is actually produced all right yeah and you played piccolo for a little bit too didn't you which is basically is similar to a flute didn't you play the piccolo yeah. for a little bit too i did eighth grade and freshman year it's basically flute but an entire octave higher and the instrument is like <laughs> Tiny. a foot long, something like that, like is 10 it, inches, something like that. Is it related to Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z? I, um, it is, actually. Uh, the Piccolo I had was green, and he kept yelling for some reason. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to the voting portion here. Um for those of you that are unaware of how this works, I have basically everyone sends their votes to me uh, over Snapchat, Discord, whatever it is, and I don't look at them until we spin the wheel, which I will pull back up on the screen right now. This wheel will decide whose vote gets uh, revealed and when and how and you, or how it's just revealed. But the main point is that will decide whose vote gets revealed. So. Starting off the first vote that will be cast. I'm, I'm clicking it a lot at the beginning this time, just to make sure. Uh, if it lands on me, it's rigged. It lands on me. So, this is good, because th this gets rid of any accusation that I am cheating and rigging the vote, because I'm going first. So... We and, can't see him this time, yeah, so... Yeah, and, well, and you can see I don't have your snap... I have not opened your Snapchat, so we're good. But I'm going to make this quick, um... This is, a, again, I say this every single week. It's super hard to choose. And I think that this one that I'm choosing is is obviously something that's near and dear to my heart because it's something that I have experienced. It's something that, again, is is as unbelievable as far as um, the, the moment and things like that goes. Trev, you were talking about with you know, the marching band coming together and that sudden realization from oh we're we're not gonna get anything to all of a sudden now we're we, we got something and uh, really just being happy with your performance and uh, logan you were saying the same thing as far as making a play that you were not expecting yourself to make and would seem like kind of nowhere 
But I just saw it Saturday. I'm going to give my vote to Cam just because, again, Inner Sandman in Blacksburg is something that is it's one of a kind. And I say this a lot, again, about a lot of college football programs and things like that when you're talking about the – you know, I, I'll say it still. I, I hear me say it all the time. Oh, there's nothing like Neyland and, and uh, Knoxville. Uh, if I ever went, there'd be nothing like Death Valley and LSU again. I think yeah, Sanford Stadium in Georgia. But truly, I, I truly believe there is nothing that matches the hype, the intensity, and the just energy that goes through the building when Inner Sandman is playing and everyone's jumping all together. Tech fans are united one by one. You have people like me who you can't. I, I can't even stand on one foot, and I'm still trying my hardest to jump with the crowd. And there's not many times that you can get a crowd to do that in general, in, in any scenario. And this is just the opening of the football game. Um, I have to cast my vote to Cam for Inner Sandman, but nevertheless, great choices all around. So one vote for Cam as I spin the wheel, and it will land on Trevor. So Trevor will be the next die cast here in this. And his vote goes to Logan. Trev, can you explain why you chose Logan? Yeah, so um, the reason I chose Logan, I was kind of on the fence whether uh, my vote was going to go to Logan um, or to Cameron this week. Um, I think that the experience, especially at Lane Stadium, um, even like you said, even before the game starts, um, really is one of a kind. And if you also extend this out to other college traditions, um, say like uh, Duke, Duke does a game every year where they like hush the the stadium down. Their their basketball, Duke basketball, they uh, hush their stadium down so it's like just a whisper. When people are doing free throws or something, right? It's so. What you may be thinking of is uh, there's a thing called Taylor. It's Taylor University, and they do the Silent Night game, and it's basically uh, okay. every year they have a game on the schedule where they are completely quiet, no one does anything until Taylor University scores their tenth point, and when they score their tenth point, they go bananas. It's pandemonium. They're running on the floor. And I, bananas is kind of a pun, but not really intended because people dress up in a bunch of kinds of costumes, like banana costumes. And just, it's, if you haven't seen it, really enlighten yourself. Taylor University Silent Night game, it's it's quite a sight to see, but a, a perfect example exactly right there. And that I will say, if I had seen one of those in person, that definitely would have been top of my list here. Yeah, but like, even if you extend, uh, uh, what Cameron has to so, like those as well. Like each of those are um, a unique experience in itself that you can kind of compare other stuff to that are also like unique, uncomparable experiences similar to uh, st- uh, the lane stadium before the game. Um, but my vote uh, went to Logan uh, because um, just that um amount of effort and uh like blood and sweat that you put into something that you love to do um and then that one point uh where you finally uh maybe get rewarded or get acknowledged or even you realize that like whoa like i've come a long way um that really hits home to me 
Um, and uh, that's a bit the, the reason that my vote went to Logan this week. So one vote to Cam, one vote to Logan. Funny enough, those are the two that remain. So we'll see who is going to be revealing their vote next as the wheel spins and it will land on Logan. So Logan's vote will be announced next and his vote goes to Cameron. So Logan, can you explain or let us know why you chose Cam? So I have a, I love of football. Football's not my favorite sport, but like I've always loved going, especially to Virginia Tech and watching a football game there because I feel I've always felt like watching college football has more. It, it's just it feels a lot better watching college football than it does watching professional, in my opinion. It just it feels like the competition's different. Like it feels like they're actually all like trying, and not to say that NFL players aren't trying because they they put a lot of time and effort to get there and to play at the level that they do. It just it feels different. So, um, and having experienced that inner Sandman moment, it's it's something that I just you can't really describe. Almost, uh, just. Especially when you're at, like, uh, I think the most recent one um, was when they played Notre Dame in, like, 2018 or something like that. Uh, like, when it, they're cheering so loud that it's literally shaking the earth. Like, it's just a crazy experience. Something that only hasn't really been done in the professional leagues, aside from other, you know, very rare things, but Seattle's done it a couple of times up in the, with the Seahawks, but... Tech does on a regular occurrence, so 100% agree. Uh, good pick, or again, two picks for Cam right now. And it will land on Cam, so Cam, he has his vote, has his final vote, and it will go to Logan. So we have co-champions again uh, this week. Congratulations, Cam, Logan. Cam, why, why'd you pick <gasps> this- Logan? Can I, can I just say this is my third co-championship, and ne- I've never had a solo championship. Um, the reason I picked Logan is because, like, who would agree? I understand what he means by like everything just kind of like clicked in a way. I didn't have this experience playing football, but in a sense, I have this way. Whenever I played basketball for the first time, and also playing golf, like. Playing basketball beginning, I was horrible. Couldn't I didn't know how to shoot a basketball. Didn't even know how to make a layup. And then eventually, like over time, it just slowly clicks. Of like, okay, these are the motions you need to make. With golf, it was more predominant with me because whenever I first started, and Blake can attest to this, I kind of had trouble hitting my irons. But now it's kind of like something just kind of clicked, and eventually, you know, over time, you get better. So that's the reason I picked Logan is because like obviously his experience was way more cooler than both of mine experience but i kind of just like i don't know it was cool like i was there at that game so in a way it's kind of like crazy to think about like what was going through logan's head versus what's going through my head can confirm golf is extremely hard to start and if anybody can start and play decently well then i salute you because it is very 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 hard to start um so with that being said, again, like Logan has alluded to, his third win. But 
uh, co-champions again, Logan and Cam. I will go ahead and go through and give you the Discord role right now. Uh, that's going to do it for us here this week. Again, hopefully we're, we're, we're hoping to get back on a, uh, a regular schedule starting next week. We just had some things come up, and it was a little bit tough to get everybody here to record, but we're hopefully back, getting back into a groove and going from there uh, as is customary logan and cam just convene they will be bringing the topic for discussion next week as well and we will be doing it all over again so uh, yeah that's that's basically it any other comments from anybody before we hit the road yes um i have started playing tennis so each and every one of you listening i challenge you to a 1v1 I'm not gonna lie. Best, I, best, best of three sets. I really thought you were about to just say if I asked if anybody had any more comments, that you should say we were just gonna say yes and not say anything else after that for a second. And I thought that would have been so funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought about that too because I kind of took a longer pause than I needed to. Um, <laughs> and at, like, you know, it's that like split second where you're just thinking, man, I could really make this funny by not saying anything else. Yeah, so good topic all around. Again, different styles of different uh, styles of answers too. I think that's something that we haven't had so far. So, um, yeah, that was, was a really good episode. If you want, if you missed any part of it, you're watching live on Twitch right now, and you didn't see any of it, or you you, you missed the first part, or you want to go back, this will be uploaded here in the new future on the YouTube channel Nuggets Nation Twenty One. Um, It'll also be uploaded on Spotify. You can find that at Taking Heat. Just search on Spotify, add the podcast, uh, do all that. And again, on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, comment down below if you want. If you have any suggestions for topics that you want us to do, or if you have any, you know, if, if you have any moments of your own that you want to talk about down below, let me know, and we will be sure to take those into consideration. Um, but yeah, with that being said, that's going to go ahead and end it here for Taking Heat. My name is Blake Holmes, and for my panelists and, and co-hosts here, Cameron Woolwine, Trevor Tidwell, Logan Porter. Again, Cameron Woolwine and Logan Porter, co-champions this week. We will see you next week, and be sure to stick around again as we hope to get back to our regular schedule. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you later.